Hello and welcome to the Precipice podcast. It's awesome to have you with us today. Here at Precipice, we believe that we are redefining success and helping you become more effective and efficient at what you do. Hello everyone and welcome to our second episode on communication. Last week we spoke a bit about what is communication and we introduced the topic. But this week, Mtoko is going to be talking quite a bit about um, how we do public communication. But before we do that, Mtoko, how are you doing? Bro, I, I'm doing so good. Uh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm also so good. I've been so, so busy with a whole bunch of side projects. And like yeah. obviously, I have a full-time job yeah. as a e-commerce coordinator. So I work for an online store. Yeah. And then I've got a side project called Precipice. Yeah. But then I've also got a side business that I'm trying to start up, yeah. which is a, a web dev business. Um, well, web dev slash marketing. Mm. And I've been chatting with a friend to try to get that up and running. So mm. life's been busy. <laughs> Listen, explain to me, what is like an e-commerce coordinator? Like I'm just sitting and thinking like, what, what does that mean? What, what does that actually look like? Okay. So my, my job... Um, well, let, let, let's rewind a bit. Yeah. I, by trade, I'm a web developer. Mm. So I can sit down and I can code websites. But then along the way, I got interested in video editing and photography and marketing and um, various other things. And all those skills together sort of, uh, and I guess my leadership skills as well, sort of culminated in this ability to have a holistic view of a team. And... This company where I used to work as a web developer, they actually asked me to come back and I came back and they're like, well, we actually want you to manage our media team. Like when they say media team, it was a group of six people. Uh, there's a graphic designer, two web developers, a data person, an SEO person, that's search engine optimization. In short, that person basically makes sure you get found on Google. Yeah. And then... Oh, there was someone else, a digital social media, like digital marketing person. And my job was basically just to make sure they were all working on something and to make sure that they were working towards a common goal. So I mean, like if if the social media guy is marketing one product, but the whole company's trying to sell another product, it makes no sense. So it was sort of making sure that everyone was working towards one unified goal in a team. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that that's my job. Yeah. Um, the team's taken quite a few knocks because of like layoffs and people yeah. have resigned. I mean, obviously, like the past year has been really hectic with the economy and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. It's it's been interesting. I've learned a lot, but I, I've always had like this niggle inside. Yeah. To like go and start my own business. So yeah. now I'm like, you know, this is it. I'm I'm going to do it. And yeah. the fact that we're working from home is like yeah. the perfect opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for making uh, my week sound like it's useless. <laughs> I've just been doing schoolwork. So, I mean, I wish I could say I had a job or, yeah. or something cool like that. But now I've just been working on schoolwork, uh, which is crazy. Actually, yeah. funny enough, on Friday, I had a quiz um, for one of my modules, my marketing module. And I'm, I'm busy sitting at home. It's like 6.30 in the evening. A friend of mine is over, so we're we're playing PlayStation, you know, playing FIFA. It's, it's just chilled. Yeah. And then someone sends me a text 
So I, I had sent that person a text earlier in the day. I'd, I'd honestly forgotten. They sent me a text. They're like, oh, hey, sorry for the late response. I was just doing the marketing quiz. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like in my head, it's like panic it's mode. like that moment where your, your heart just drops. Bro, I'm just like, <laughs> no. So I'm like... I don't even respond to their text. I go online to check, hey, do I still have time to do this? Because, I mean, 6.30, I thought it was closed. Luckily, it closed at 7.30. Uh, so I rush online, I do this quiz. Um, and the, the greatest thing is that during that week, uh, we had done like two revision quizzes for this one quiz. So it, the quiz was pretty similar to the revision quizzes. So it, it wasn't as bad. But honestly, I freaked out. Can I get you? I, I like freaked out. A friend of mine just left like 10 minutes and he's like, bro, I'm going to go. I don't want to disturb mm. you because I was like on full on panic mode. But yeah, <laughs> I'm alive. <laughs> but yeah, That's crazy. It's crazy. The life of a student. Eh? Bro, it's insane, honestly. <laughs> like you, you forget stuff, especially because you're working from home. Like yeah. at least when you have a lecture, they, they constantly remind you, hey, you got this test or whatever, whatever. Yeah. They sent us an email like two weeks ago. How do you expect me to remember something you said yeah. two weeks ago? But I mean, yeah, it's it's cool. I'm yeah. I'm doing well, yeah. uh, I guess, without forgetting stuff that I need to do from school. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's quite something. Like, yeah. I'm so glad I'm not studying Listen, anymore. It's crazy. So speaking of freaking out, yeah, and this is going to segue into our topic today. Yeah. Um, I was asked to do a lecture. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And what this entailed was someone basically said, Hey Ross, here is a whole bunch of notes. Yeah. And you have to be here at nine o'clock and there's gonna be a whole bunch of people and you have to lecture them. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, cool, because like uh, I'm I'm a fairly confident person, I'm fairly confident of my abilities, but I've for me public speaking, which is what we're talking about today, yeah, has never really been a a natural thing to come to me. It's, okay. I've, I've had to work hard to get better at it. So what I'm hoping to do is that you can um, shed some light on that. So with, with this whole public, this lecture thing, obviously I was given these notes, I pitch up there and I mean, I was told the day before, so I wasn't well prepared. <laughs> yeah. I go through it, I read through it. I'm like, okay, let me try and make it interesting. Let yeah. me tell a funny story about this. Like one time this thing happened to me. But at the end of the speech, I still felt like I could have done better. Yeah. So before we start, what is public communication? You want to shed some light on that for us. What is public communication versus private communication? Yeah. So public communication is where there is a singular person or maybe an interview or whatever, but it's a person giving like a monologue and just talking to people and, and sharing information to a group of people who are who are sitting, listening or standing or whatever it may be uh, at that point. Yeah. So we've seen a lot of that with like the coronavirus with like Cyril Ramaphosa. Yeah. And what's fascinated me about that is like how slowly he talks. <laughs> it's actually yeah. frustrated me. Yeah. Like I won't watch his speeches just because he walk, uh, talks so slowly. Mm. So now, like, let's say I was given this opportunity to give this talk again. Um, what What would you say is a good place to start? Like, where do I start? Like, how how do I improve my talk? So, well, I think for me, firstly, like the the very beginning is to understand why you're giving this talk or why you're, you're communicating to whoever you're communicating with. It's like, what's the point of, of your message? What's the point of what you're trying to say? What is it that you're trying to communicate to people? And I think that's so important to actually understand 
from the beginning that, okay, this is the goal of my talk. Because it's there's nothing more frustrating than listening to someone talk about, let's say, um, guns, and then halfway through, they're talking about a swimming pool. It's like, yeah. bro, listen, I, I get tangents, but like, how do we get to swimming pools? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So it's, it's so crucial to understand the point of your talk, why you're saying what you're saying, yeah. what is it that you're trying to communicate, instead of just, you know, going out there and just randomly speaking, you know, unless if it's a free topic, then, hey, be my guest. But even with those, you got to understand what's the point actually of my talk. So so you're saying that I must start with the end in mind and say, for example, I'm the CEO of a company and I'm trying to inspire my employees through a rough patch in the company, that an inspirational talk is going to be very different to the informational talk where I'm trying to get information across. Is that right? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely right. And so understanding why you're giving the talk will sort of inform how you say what you say. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I'm coming to tell people about a deadly disease like coronavirus, I mean, it makes sense why like the president would speak slowly and take his yeah. time because he wants people to really understand. If I'm talking and I, I just want to tell you a funny joke, you know, I'm, I'm going to be more lively. I'm going to be like a bit quicker in the way I speak or whatever it may be. So understanding the points sort of informs the direction and how you actually give your talk. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to talk about this a bit later. and I'm pretty keen to talk about it, but like one really memorable talk that my boss gave um, to us the the company was going through a rough patch this is before coronavirus so for our company it's been like super rough because it was like rough patch and then we go into the coronavirus but what he did is he pitches up to the office and he's got this massive box of jelly tots and he 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 gives us talk and he's like and then he starts talking about this company that's bigger than us bigger than our company but does pretty much the same thing and there's like corruption and all sorts and he's like don't be this company be jelly tots and we're like what why why would this be jelly tots he's like jelly tots were first invented in like 1920 i can't remember it's like they they've been around for ages and he's like through thick and thin they've always been there the brand's always been there the company's always been there he's like we're going to be a jelly tots no matter what happens to us we're going to pull through and just keep doing what we've been doing Mm. and like that was so um significant because he gave everyone in the company a package of jelly tots he's like be a jelly tots <laughs> like i'll that's never so forget cool. that, yeah. that speech that's so cool um that's that, that's actually so cool and I, and I think that speaks into how you make your talk memorable mm. or, or or like interesting you know when you when you find something that like sort of connects with your talk and, and something that people can hold on to and something yeah. that people can think back to if they see a, oh yeah someone's once said this uh, to me about this or, or whatever it may be like it makes it more memorable yeah. and it helps you remember so I, honestly that that sounds so cool and brilliant yeah. honestly and i mean we're, we're still talking about like what is the point like, yeah i mean we've all been in a meeting where we've been like that honestly could have been an email yeah and <laughs> in that case it's generally just better to keep it short am yeah. I right? just to just say what needs to be said yeah. and then to just get on with it 100%. now now we know what the point is but like where do I start? What what do I do next? Yeah. Well, uh, it's it's so crucial to be able to to prepare. So being prepared is the most important thing. And, and obviously, some people may may listen to that and be like, yeah, but that's so obvious. 
you know but i, I feel sometimes we we are never fully prepared uh to to give a talk and that's what hinders us sometimes so being prepared starts literally from understanding the point and and structuring out what you're going to say having a structure is so important so now obviously the way i prepare may be so different to the way you prepare i mean you've seen my notes my notes are weird they're flipping all over the place <laughs> they're, they're all over the place and, and yours are more organized and structured mm. so the way we prepare might be different but the principles are still the same. Yeah. You, you need to prepare. You need to have a, a a beginning where you're starting, like, okay, you're opening remarks, sort of introducing your topic or whatever it may be. You need to have a body, um, a body of how, okay, these are the main points of my talk or main points of my talk. Uh, some people say that actually having a one-point talk is more effective than having a multiple-point talk. Yeah. I mean, it depends so, on what you're So what you're about. saying there is if I give a talk, it's better to... Say I'm going to go back to the whole CEO of a company. Yeah. Let's just say I'm a business owner. Yeah. I'm trying to get a point across to my employees. Yeah. It's better to tackle one problem at a time instead of just give them like ten points and say, guys, you need to make more sales. You mm. need to stop like messing in the toilets. You need to stop leaving your teaspoons all over the office. And like, also by the way, did you know we're cutting salaries by ten percent? Like that's so much information yeah. in one in one talk. So what you're saying. Sometimes it may be better to to just have one point and then prepare the entire talk around that. Yeah, no, it, it's a hundred percent better because I, I think that way people remember it more. It's more impactful than rather you're telling me sixteen different things and you expect me to make. listen. I I'm not going to remember like the first ten points you've mentioned. Yeah. So it's it's just easier to have one or two points. And I'm not saying specifically having one because sometimes you need more than one, but keep it as simple as you possibly can. Have as little points as you possibly can and just emphasize on the main points. Like with the example that you just made, I mean, people messing around the toilets, yeah, okay, it might be a problem, but is it that big of an issue than salary cuts? So leaving people messing around in the toilets might be worth it and just, you know, have it as a like a short conversation in the tea room or whatever it may be, but it shouldn't be like a main point in your talk. So it's it's so important to find what's the main points, uh, what are the the key things that I want to get out, and focus your talk around those issues and, and try to keep it as simple as possible. Because I mean, as much as people are listening, they're not going to remember everything. So try to keep it as simple as you possibly can. So so we've, we're talking about like keeping well being prepared. Yeah. Um, so I've prepared my message, I've written down my points, I sort of understand the structure, but don't I need to internalize the message so uh, <laughs> I yeah. know what I'm going to say? No, I, I think that is probably one of the most important parts of preparation. And I think that's possibly something that most people leave out is go over your message. Uh, for me, I know if I'm going to give a talk, I, I go over my message as if I'm speaking it to people multiple times before I even say it officially. Just go over it, look at yourself in the mirror. If you think that's too weird, go outside, go in your room, wherever it be, just go over your message. Know it. Uh, for me, one of the things that I, I try to do is know the conclusion, I mean, the beginning. So the beginning of my talk and the first point and the conclusion off by heart. Mm. So that even if my notes somehow vanished, I know what was I was gonna say in the beginning and the first point, and even the conclusion of, of my talk, so that you just feel more confident and, and you back yourself a bit more when you know what you're going to say. Nothing sucks more than listening to someone every two words, they're like, um, 
And it's like, bro, just be prepared. Know what you want to say. And I'm saying, maybe you say I'm as a person. That's fine. But at least be prepared and know what you want to say. Sound confident. Sound like you actually believe in what you're saying. Because if you don't, why am I? Yeah, no, absolutely. And there's a massive difference between someone saying I'm in and are and, and like when you can genuinely hear that someone is passionate about what they're talking about. I mean, we've all listened to a talk where someone was like, um, 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 and you listen to a talk by Martin Luther King and you, you're like, this is incredible. This is so inspirational. And I guarantee you the best talkers probably prepare their speeches over and over and over and over. And this was a misconception I always had. I always thought like the best talkers would like just have their notes, figure out what they're going to say and then get up and then just say it and they're like freaking nailed it. But there's obviously a lot of work that went in behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah. And, and I mean, I believe maybe it gets easier possibly. It gets easier for you to get to that point where you just uh, get up and you look at your notes and you, you pull out a phenomenal talk, even if you hadn't prepared that much. And, and that comes with time. Uh, and I think the worst thing that we could do is look at someone who's able to do that and think that we can wake up tomorrow and do the same. Uh, unfortunately, you can't. They, that person is probably on their step 20 mm-hmm. of their public talks journey and you're on step one and you're thinking yeah, so you're the same. You're not. You're, ta- you're saying it definitely takes practice. It definitely does take practice. It takes time for you to get to that level. I'm not saying you can't get there. Mm-hmm. But you won't if you just think you'll get up and, and be like that. No, work on it. Practice your talks. Uh, familiarize yourself with it. Get used to talking to people. Get used to doing all these different things. And one day, maybe you'll be like that or even better. So, yeah. That's helpful. That's so, so helpful. So, now we know that before we get up to make a speech, we need to know what the point is. What's yeah. the end in mind? We know that we need to be prepared to deliver that point. Mm. But how can I be more confident? Like, I mean, we've all, well, I'm not going to say all, I guess some people are naturally more confident than others, but I'm sure there's people out there that have gone in front of, gone up in front of a whole bunch of people and felt like, crap, what the heck am I doing with my life? Like, so how do we feel more confident when we're talking? Yeah, I, th- I think for me, find stuff that you're familiar with to talk about. So one of the thing, one of those things is firstly practicing and, and being familiar with your message, but also adding stories. You know, when you tell a story, it, it not only puts the audience at ease, but it also puts you at ease. He's like, ah, you think back to it maybe fondly or whatever it is, but you don't think back to it and thinking of, oh my God, I'm giving this talk. You're actually just sharing a life experience or something that you've heard and it, it puts you at ease and it helps you to speak better. It helps you just to be more relaxed or whatever it may be. Find something to to focus on and so um I, I don't want to say one thing but find multiple things depending on your audience if it's like a bigger crowd where you have to look around looking around is so important by the way but if you have to look around as you look to the different spots focus on one thing so that that just keeps you at ease focus on a familiar face focus on um a clock or whatever it may be but something that just puts you at ease and helps you speak better because if you're just staring at people's faces guess what they're staying yeah. back and they're a bit scared. And I'm talking from experience, like when yeah. delivering like lecture and, and giving other talks before. Yeah. Like there's nothing worse than an RBF. Like <laughs> yeah. someone with just a straight face. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, am I making an impact on these yeah. people? Are, are they like interested? Are yeah. they engaged? Yeah. So speaking of, are they interested? Are they engaged? How do I make a talk interesting? 
stories tell stories just stories um i remember the one time so it's probably one of the first talks i've ever given and it was just structured i had no stories it was just points after points after points and i was just and and like halfway through i looked at the people's faces and i'm like are they even getting what i'm saying and then at that point i just thought of some random story i told the story and i saw people get more relaxed and they were sort of more responsive or engaging and obviously they weren't like talking back but you could see like a change in their demeanor so stories are so helpful if, yeah. if you tell a story it just helps a person relax more engage more it's better for you so more interesting stories, mm, stories. absolutely and i think what one thing that stories do is they evoke a sense of emotion out of people yeah. and really with 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 a talk i guess what you're trying to do is you're trying to create emotions that sort of convince people to believe what you're saying so if you can get those people to feel what you want them to feel you can basically get your point across yeah Um, i mean like take for example if you tell a joke people are going to be more relaxed but if you you tell like an insane hectic story about the time your dog got killed by a car um people are going to be like super tense yeah but also, I think it depends. Don't force humor. So many people, I've seen so many people try force humor to the crowd. And I mean, if if you're not yeah. funny, you're not funny. Yeah. Don't okay. try to be funny. Don't try to be funny if you're not. Yeah. And that's okay if you're not, because if you're forcing humor, it's just not going to end well, and it's just going to make things awkward. Have, yeah. have you ever listened to someone trying to tell a joke, but it's not funny? Yeah. So now it's just awkward and tense, and they're like, "Oh my god, we, we all I, had that." Teacher. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> can i go into a hole and you just cringe you know? so, so i just i mean if you're not funny don't try don't try it you know yeah. just be be natural be as natural as possible Pe- people don't don't necessarily only respond to humor but they respond mm-hmm. to authenticity so be authentic to who you are just speak your truth uh, speak from who you are don't try to be someone else yeah uh and when you do that more often than not you will get your points across and people will hear you because you're being genuine. People look for the genuine. They don't look for the fluff and the, and the forced humor and the forced stories. That's the fluff. Yeah. But when you're being genuine, that's what people respond to. Yeah. And I guess um, with a lot of stories, like most, I mean, I'm not going to say most stories, but there's a lot of stuff that people can relate to. I mean, we, a lot of people have had like a pet dog, for example, some examples. So if you tell a story about the dog dying, everyone's like, shame, I also have a dog. And they can relate to that. Same mm-hmm. with like a, a relative that's dying. But then on the same like sort of idea, if you tell a really happy story, people can relate to that happiness, I guess. Yeah, but don't overkill it on the stories also. Yeah. Like, I think there's a, there's a balance that you need to find. It's like stories are necessary, but stories can also be overkill and... Like people are like, okay, get to the point. You get what I'm saying? So it's good to have stories, but it's also good to get to the point and don't talk long for longer than you need to, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess it's not just stories. I guess you could tell interesting facts mm. as well. or Because, I mean, at the end of the day, and that's why we start with what is the end in mind? What is the whole point? So you start with what the, the point is and you sort of work backwards and anything that backs up that point, you throw it in. And what you all want to do when you're preparing is really look at scrutinize your notes and say does this get the point across and if it doesn't you need to cut that fat out yeah and and i think with with that that question does it get the point across i think the most important thing that you could do is that if you gave this talk 
to a 10 year old would they understand and obviously some things you you can't oversimplify because you don't want to treat people like they're stupid or whatever and patronize them but also you need to make your talk as simple as you possibly can be so that people can like easily understand what you say no one wants to listen to someone who's a who's a know-it-all and makes no you feel like an idiot yeah I, I, like if i'm listening to your talk i don't want you to make me feel like an idiot if there's stuff I don't understand, I'll ask, but don't make me feel like an idiot. So try to keep it as simple as possible. And I mean, obviously, some things you can't dumb down, mm-hmm. but where you can simplify, simplify it yeah. so that people can like easily understand what you're talking about. And I think when you can simplify something, you can communicate it better. Yeah. And Albert Einstein said, you only truly know something when you can say it in one sentence. Hmm. So <laughs> I think yeah, at the same cool. time, if you... I think it all like can knit, like knits together. If you know what you're talking about and you've simplified your topic, you'll come across more confidence because you don't trip over your words yeah. and you're not trying to think of like, okay, how do I get this thing across? How do I portray this message? Yeah, you know it because you can say it in one sentence and then it's elaborate on that. Yeah. yeah, cool. So, do we have like a framework to sort of help people? Um, give better public talks 100 percent. so there's this guy named andy stanley um who who has come up with this five point um framework for giving a talk and so you can you can go look him up he's a brilliant communicator and uh so he gives these sort of five points and, and i mean some of the stuff that we've spoken about already um allude to this five points and somewhat different but it's sort of similar well, we we both massive fans of Andy Stanley, yeah, so yeah. it's no surprise there that we've stolen, well, not stolen, we've borrowed a lot of ideas from him. Yeah, no, hundred percent, and and because he's so good, it's sort of influenced the way we also communicate and, and think about communication. And so the first thing is, and it, it sort of goes back to our first point is, okay, what do the people listening to your talk? need to know what is it that they need to know and obviously they need to know information you're giving information to to people and and one of the the greatest way to do this is to have a bottom line if you can summarize your entire talk in one sentence it just makes it so much easier for people to understand and and sort of relate to and and remember Uh, and if someone for some reason has to leave at least they've gotten the bottom line of your message what is it that you want them to take away at the end of their talk? Mm. So, and, and Andy Stanley does this so well is that he'll actually repeat the bottom line so many times throughout the talk, the talk yeah. that you actually kind of get irritated with yeah. it. You're like, okay, we get yeah, the no, point. Oh, geez, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but that, what he said is that so many times people will come back to him years later mm. and say, hey, I remember that one talk you gave. It was this, 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 this. And it's just that one sentence that repeat the 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 bottom line. The bottom line, yeah. So the bottom line is so, so important. And then the second sort of point in his framework is why do they need to know it? Why is it that people need to know this? And, and the reason for our why's could be so different. It could be motivation, inspiration, or whatever it may be. But understand why people need to know what you're talking about. Why is this important for me? Why is this important for you? And so that's so crucial when you're preparing a talk or giving a talk to people. Third sort of point is, okay, so now I know what you've said. What do I do with it? Mm. How do I apply this knowledge into my life? How is it that I can apply this? And and this is so crucial. There's, there's nothing 
worse than listening to such a, a nice message. I feel so inspired, so motivated. Oh my God. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm, I just feel so puffy and glorious on the inside. I was like, okay, cool. What do I do now? Yeah. You know, and there's nothing worse than like, okay, what's next? And so it's so important when giving a talk, tell people what you want them to hear, inspire them, motivate them, whatever it is, but then tell them, okay, this is what you do next. This yeah. is how you apply what I've just said yeah. to you. What, what Andy Stanley does so well is he'll say something um, and he, he, in the why, he almost like creates like a, a light bulb moment for you. You're like, flip, I'm this, pro- I'm this person. I have this problem. So you almost have people on the edge of their seats saying, okay, but do you have the answer for me? Like, what do I do next? Like, okay, what's the solution? Give me, give me, you, you've, you've convinced me that there's a problem in my life or that I need to do something. Like I'm thinking in the, the business environment, you've convinced me that I need to work harder, but how do I work harder? But how do I work harder? Yeah, and so I think that is so important. Give people your why, but then tell them, okay, this is what you do next. Um, and then another important thing, and this is his fourth point, is why do they need to do it? Why is it? So you've told them why they need this information. You've told them what they need to do. But now you're telling them why do they need to do that specific thing that you're telling them that they need to do. So it's just casting out a vision, casting out that direction, saying, hey, this is why you need to do it. This is why we do what we do. And and just explaining to them the why is so crucial. Is, is, um, this, what, is this the stage in his talk? And we've, we've both watched the video. And what I'm actually going to do is if you... Look at the show notes. I'm going to link to a video where he talks about how to give a talk because um, he elaborates on this quite nicely. But usually at this, and the why do they need to do it? He, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he usually says, imagine a world where so-and-so did this. Am I getting ahead of us or here? Or is this the part where he does that? Yeah, this is the part. Okay, yeah. so what you'll often do is say, okay, now imagine a world where everyone in the company is working really hard i'm just using a really simple idea he starts to like he's created a problem he's given you the solution to the problem he's told you how you're going to solve the problem and then he said now imagine a world where the problem is non-existent where Mm -hmm. we've solved this problem Mm -hmm. and and that's so helpful because now everyone wants to work towards solving the problem and so uh, i think that's that it's a brilliant thing of, of casting out the why the, hey this is why you need to do what you got to do and this is why it's going to be helpful for you for the organization for whoever you're giving the talk to and um fifth and final point is how can you help people remember and reiteration is so important to so repeat 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 and you repeat your bottom line and that's why you, you even said that you listen to Andy Stanley and you're like yeah bro I know but it's so helpful because you repeat what you've been saying yeah. you're repeating your main point so that people always understand as irritating as it is I do remember yeah <laughs> and you you end up remembering and I, I even I even like got to thinking like you know very good communicators will t- will tell you something new and and you'll find yourself being like yeah i know i know but i mean it's not that they think you don't know but it's it's important for them to say it again so that you remember uh, in future so reiterate so here's here's an interesting thing and this is quite a controversial figure at the moment but donald trump will often end like he speaks so strangely but he'll often end the sentences with the word that he wants to have the most impact in the sentence and i'm not going to try <laughs> imitate how he talks but yeah. it's just so interesting how he 
to make his speeches memorable, he always has the impactful word at the end, at of, the the end sentence, of the sentence instead yeah. of like in the middle somewhere. And that's why he talked so strangely. Mm. Um, and, and I mean, I guess there, there are so many different ways of making your, your talk impactful or memorable or, or helping people remember it. So it's just so crucial to find what works for you, but do that. Repeat, 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 so people can always understand and remember what you say. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever watched uh, the World like Speech Championships. It's, it's quite an incredible thing. What these guys do, like the one guy, he got up and he just started smoking. And his whole speech was on why it's bad to smoke. Well, I think, it, I can't remember if it was bad to smoke or good to smoke. I can't remember. Yeah. But I didn't watch the whole speech. But like immediately he had an illustration or a prop yeah. to demonstrate, um, hey, this is, this is how I'm going to make my speech memorable. Again, mm. my boss, he's really good at this. And uh, again, our company was still going through a tough time. So he bought everyone in the company um, hard hats, like building hats bright orange and he said to everyone he's like hey if you ever need help you put your hard hat on because that means you're being tormented by issues and trouble and if you ever need help you put your hard hat on and then everyone around you will know that they need to come help you mm. but like that's a way of making that speech memorable was by giving out a physical item yeah and i know this is something that andy stanley does really well as well for what they'll often do in their church for series um because he has a church uh, leader at the end of the day. Um, he did a uh, a series on money and like, hey, at the end of the day, the money you own is God's money. And <laughs> if you're not a believer, this is a strange uh, idea for you. But I'm just uh, giving an example of how he makes his talks uh, memorable. What, what they ended up doing is giving out $30,000 at that Shucks. service. So they gave anywhere between five and fifty dollars, I think, to their congregants, and they said, "Here's a note in your hand. You physically have this note in your hand. Mm. It's not yours, though. Go do something to extend God's kingdom with mm. it." And how's that for making memorable? That's, <laughs> that's crazy. That is crazy. And and honestly, there are so many different ways. I mean, some people use handouts, some people, and and whatever it is, but find that and make your talk memorable. That's actually so cool. And I I think another mistake a lot of people make is using visuals badly. Visuals can be so powerful, but when you have more than 30 words or so on a slide, it starts to get a bit like... What are we doing? Yeah, why are we reading? I thought we were at a speech. Could have been an email. What are you doing? Great too? (laughs) Yes. But but I mean, visuals can be so powerful. Yeah. And like, you'll see this often in TED Talks. These guys often use visuals really, really effectively. It's often just a simple slide just to back up the point Mm. that they're trying to make Mm. at that given time in their speech. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything else you want to add? For me, that's that's it. I think I think that's that as much as I could say at this current moment. Um, but if you wanna like get clarification or whatever, uh, why don't you send us an email or leave a comment? Um, and we'd love to talk to you about. Uh, but that reminds me, huge huge announcements, massive announcements. So, for Precipice, we are launching our website. So if you go to any of our social media pages, uh, and I mean, if you're listening to this, you're probably on the website. Or if you're on um, a streaming platform, our website is www.precipice.co.za. We would love 
love, love, love to have you there, have you share it and, and just connect with us on that website. And it's easier for us to communicate with you and you communicate with us. Uh, yeah. And on that website, like, of course, you can find all the latest episodes. You can find like notes on the episodes. Um, it really is a great place to listen to the podcast, but we've added another page on that website and that page is speaking. Now, if you just go to the website and click on speaking, it'll take you to a page where you can actually apply to have either Ntoko or myself speak at your event, whether that be a school event, a business event, or whatever event it may be, you need speakers, you can apply to get Ntoko or myself to speak at your event and talk. How are you feeling about that? Listen, I'm so keen and I'm excited to see where, where this takes us. And I'm excited for this new direction that Precipice is going on. So yeah, I'm 100% chuffed. Yeah, I'm so excited to see where Precipice goes next. When Mtoko and I initially started Precipice, the whole idea was to help people become more effective and to redefine success. So we didn't actually say how we were going to do that. And one of the most effective ways to do that was through the podcast. We've done it a bit through Instagram. But at the end of the day, we want to teach people how to become more effective and how to redefine success. So for us, the natural step to, to reach more people is just to offer ourselves to, to talk publicly. And uh, what, what a better episode to announce that in our public communication yeah. <laughs> episode. Oh, honestly, so cool. it's crazy. I mean, I, I can promise you we did not plan this out. It's just coincidence <laughs> that it's we're announcing going the against, website. Going against our own <laughs> advice. Yeah, so it's crazy. But, but yeah. Um, Awesome. Ross, thank you so much, brother. No, thank you, Mtoko. You've really been incredible sharing with us and imparting your expertise and all your, your knowledge on public communication. Yeah, this, is, this has been so cool. And we're so excited to continue next week when we speak about private communication. Yeah. Have a good one. Thank you. Goodbye. It's been real.